3: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spine Buster the 1A of tag team wrestlers and the mentor to TNT champion Wardlow. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. How are you this week, Arn? Not too bad, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. We are in the middle of the summer season, uh, as this show drops on the main feed, June 17th and, uh, it's, uh, we're a father's day weekend. And so let me just be the first to say happy father's day, my friend.
5: Thank you very much. Same to you. This is June the seventeenth, correct?
3: Yep that that's right. I know uh, we like to p- p- record a little earlier, but uh, the weekend this hits uh, the the big feed, it will be Father's Day weekend. Yep.
5: Well, not only that, it is a huge uh, date in the uh, history of AEW because tonight,
3: collisions. Collision. collision. That's right.
5: And it's going to, you know, I feel like that's a growth spurt going to be uh, in the business. You know, uh, following this, it's, there's always, you know, a lot of uh, hoopla around something new and it's a new show and I'm very interesting. hope to be a part of it, Brock and I, and um, good for the company, good for the business, and hopefully good for everything surrounding what we do here on the podcast.
3: I love it, man. I'm excited for it. I really am. Again, I'm excited for anything that helps grow and get more eyes and opportunity for wrestling and wrestlers. I want to ask you something. I think it's kind of cool, and I want to get your opinion. How about how closely uh, the Collision logo and all that resembles the old uh, throwback to the Nitro logo? Have you noticed that?
5: I haven't paid that close attention yeah. to be. It, the sure graphic
3: that. is very similar and it's kind of, it's like gives you that nostalgia feel to the kind of the Nitro graphic from back in the day.
5: And what's wrong with that?
3: Not, nothing at all. It, I, I dig it.
5: It was a hugely successful company. It was a <coughs> moment in time where, you know, a lot of older guys in their 40s and 50s and, you know, that was, you know, they were living it and loving it. And that was when they were huge wrestling fans. So. You know, it's letting not only just the 17 to 35 or whatever the demographic is, 16, that is so sought after, but a lot of older folks, you know, remember these times, uh, the WCW times.
3: I'm one of them, buddy. And, uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to collision And, uh, I'm, I'm just, again, I'm a positive optimist, always hoping glass half full guy. I'm not going to be the guy that just sits back and waiting to pick things apart. There's plenty of those. If you don't believe me, check out social media, but I want, I want to see everyone be successful in the wrestling business and I hope for the best. And so I'm hoping for the best with the debut of the show. I'm hoping for opportunity. You mentioned Brock and you too. I'm hoping that it leads to more opportunity for Brock. And I can't wait to watch his young career continue to flourish and uh, so a very exciting time, as you said.
5: Well, you know, I'm very proud of him. He hasn't, you know, had a whole lot of uh, time on TV, but he has taken the time away from, you know, that he would be normally be wrestling, and he's put it in the gym, and I don't know. I mean, you saw him this mm-hmm. weekend, right? He's put, yeah. on, put on some good quality size and
3: uh, looks great. Doing all the right things, Arn.
5: Yes, yes, he is, and he's, you know... He should have a chance, and I hope he gets one soon, and uh, just very proud of him.
3: We'll see it happens, man. We're definitely cheering for for Brock and uh, looking forward to all this exciting things going on in wrestling. Speaking of uh, the warm and the summer and the exciting things going on, it is beach season, guys, and as we started off last week's show, again, if you're looking for a place to stock up on tank tops, shorts, beach towels, all that good stuff, tumblers, good just go ahead and browse on over to boxagimmicks.com and look at the Arn and Horseman stores before you make your final purchase. Arn's got some great stuff over there, and uh, you'd be really helping support the man. Full-size towels. they have We have it over there. It's perfect for laying out in the sun. You know, if you want to get mahogany, like your man here, Mr. Anderson, uh, you can easily do that. Grab some beach towels, and so uh, just continue to look at it. He's showing off. He's showing off that brown skin. He's a brown bear over there. And so uh, check it out. Who knows? Maybe one of these days we'll get one of those Soprano-esque style track suits soon. You never know, Arne. I think that would be fun, too. But, uh, man, we really appreciate the fan support, don't we, bud?
5: Yeah, buddy. sure do.
3: Yeah, so check it out. And uh, you never know what we'll have popping up over there. And the other thing that I'll mention before we jump in is ad-free shows. Again, $9 a month. We talk about it every week. Uh, just a fair warning. We have so much content that you will certainly be overwhelmed. There's no doubt about it, but don't let that scare you away from listening to your favorite podcasts, commercial free. In addition, guys, there's really cool opportunities. My push and top guys enjoy exclusive benefits like zooms, like Arn. He jumps on Tony, Jim Ross and others. They get phone calls from guys And this month. Arn, the top guys are invading Huntsville for the third annual Top Guy Weekend. And while wrestling brought them all together, so many of them have made friendships that will last a lifetime. So check on over, uh, check it out now at freeshows.com and uh, and see what the buzz is all about over there. What are those dates? Uh, that actually weekend is the next weekend. So right now, as we said here, Father's Day weekend, Top Guy weekend is 23rd, the Friday the 23rd through Sunday the 25th of June.
5: Be honest before we know it.
3: There you go. So, just don't
5: forget the graphic novel.
3: That's is, right. Oh, I got it. I have it here towards the end of the show, too. We, we can plug it now, too. I'm, I'm good to do that. Whatever you want, Arn. <laughs>
5: well, just uh, you know, don't want everybody, you know, with everything going on, a lot of exciting things. Don't want to forget about that because it's, it's time it's, to
3: order. It's arncomic.com. Get yourself one. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing mine arrive in my mailbox without a doubt. Well, buddy, let's jump into it because last week... You were off television way too much. We need Arn on our televisions. Okay. That's what we're saying. Have you seen, have you stopped, stopped getting the telegrams, the letters and the amount of fan mail? Has it finally slowed down since you finally made your comeback to AEW TV? Cause I know you had to be, I mean, it was just amazing to see you back on television recently.
5: Um,
3: are they still coming in?
5: Some very kind words, uh, Glad to see me still alive. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, it's a, it's just, I don't know. I just love this business. And when you're out there with quality people, and, and Wardlow is a quality human being. If you've ever met him, he's classy. I have. <laughs> he carries himself like a gentleman. He is, uh, you know... Class act in the locker room. He uh, there's there's no negatives where the guy's concerned. Before I ever even talk about what a beast he is and a monster and and fearless and you name it. I mean, plus he's got quality. Um, just his stuff, his offense, is quality, quality work, man. Yeah, he's he's a guy that's it's going to be a huge, huge, huge star sooner than later, and I'm happy to see anybody that has earned it, that deserves it, get a break in this business.
3: Well, and we're happy to see you with him. And, and that's my point is to be able to see you back doing something because you still make an impact and bring value to being on TV and, and being a, a, the, the voice in many cases with him, and you can teach him some things and guide him along. He's a stud, but uh, you've been a part of some stud groups. And so it's a great pairing. We love it. But here, we were talking about last month how you were barely on TV. Well, thank God uh, you're back, right? So we watched that fantastic match with Nikita and talked about a number of topics that really helped frame our conversation for today. Uh, So we're going to get right into it and discuss another new arrival to WCW. And that was none other than Jake, the snake Roberts. Jake had finished up with WWF at WrestleMania eight, losing his final match to none other than the phenom, the undertaker. And, uh, prior to Watts arriving to WCW, Jake had been negotiating a contract where he would actively wrestle, but more of his time would be dedicated to the creative side of the wrestling business. Arn, when did you first meet Jake Roberts?
5: It would have been, uh, well, it would have been when I was wrestling. WWE would have been the first time.
3: Okay. Uh, I didn't know if you two crossed paths at all in mid south or now.
5: No, uh, he was already gone before okay. I, before I got there. Um, when he came back to work for WCW. There was, uh, that was a very brief stint, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, it wasn't long. He wasn't there very long. He, uh, he's here in 1992. Uh, he comes in, they put him right up against sting and I just was just more curious to think, Hey, when did you first meet him? What were your first impressions uh, of him? And, uh, how did you two get along with one another? Well,
5: I hated that snake.
3: Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm not
5: kidding you. Matter of fact, funny story, if you're somebody else, not funny to me, like our second or third TV, I'm back in the, you know, in the locker room, and and I'm in the, whatever you would call it, I guess you just call it what it is, the shitter. (laughs) And I hear some voices, you know, just whispering in the background. And all of a sudden, I hear something, it was like something skidding, and they had thrown that big-ass 20-foot python underneath the shitter door, and that thing raised right up in my face. Oh, give me a break. No, sir. In one failed swoop, I was out of that shitter, over the top, and on the floor, and out of there.
3: Yes. That takes the phrase scared the shit out of me to a whole new meaning.
5: Yes. (laughs) And it was the, one of the big ones that he had.
3: I mean, like a big bow constrictor. It was
5: like, no, it was like 20 feet. It was some ridiculous. It was, it was one of those, you know, pythons and man, I ain't kidding you right out over the top. I don't know how I even did it. Just terror, I guess.
3: Yeah. So fear is uh, a strong motivator.
5: Yeah, I never really got to get him back for that one. That's probably that's probably uh, a
3: receipt somewhere. Well, we got to see you two come face to face uh, during the pandemic in a AEW ring in Jacksonville, right? Remember that?
5: Yeah, words. We came to words.
3: So you guys have had a little bit of a history.
5: Yeah, but the one thing I, you know, as I've always respected about the guys is the guy knew how to get over. He was a fantastic Mm -hmm. heel. Which when you're a fantastic heel and you know how to get real heat, legitimate heat, and you know, then you—that's how you become a babyface, because then you, when you start doing it to the other guys, they hate you. Well, you're my guy.
3: Yeah.
5: You know. Um, but you know, it's pretty common knowledge. The guy has a has a real good feel for the business. Yeah,
3: psychology he, is what everyone says.
5: Psychology is great, and he cuts. You know, great talker has a lot of, lot to still offer the business, I think.
3: Mm. Arn and Jake, it's, it's going to be hard to find two guys, better talkers when it comes to uh, cutting promos. But let's talk a little bit about this period right now more because during his career, Jake was part of memorable moments. This one's no different here, Arn. Uh, we have his debut, Baltimore, Maryland, where in front of 8,000 fans, he would immediately make a big-time impact because he attacks... The face of WCW, Sting, it would take place uh, at the end of the August 9th, 1992 episode of the WCW main event at the conclusion of the U.S. title match between Rick Roode and Nikita Koloff. Uh, Cactus Jack got involved in the melee and Sting goes to the ring to make the save. And that's where we're going to pick up this first clip of the week. Let's see how Jake Roberts officially joins the WCW. Well, that's certainly a way to make a, uh, an entrance horn.
5: Shoo-wee, you ain't kidding. Well, the <sighs> thing that, that, that makes that so strong is he didn't run.
3: He did not run.
5: You had some heavy hitters in there, and he did not run.
3: Nope, just sat in the corner with that python. And the other thing is, and we talk about it over and over again, Jim Ross's excitement on oh. the mic through the roof I mean good night he just made it feel well it was a big moment but it just takes it to the next level when you got him feeling that that that, that intensity coming through the screen but man immediately Roberts blew by all the action taking place on the outside he comes to the ring goes after sting punches chair shots signature short arm clothesline two DDT's to the steel chair uh, this attack served to introduce Jake Roberts to this audience. And while someone's mom, dad, grandpa, or grandma might remember Roberts from his time in Georgia Championship Wrestling as a member of the Legion of Doom, it appears Sting's newest threat as dangerous as the snake he carries in that bag, man. I tell you what, that was... Uh, it looked like a python in this clip. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah.
5: And I don't know what the the WCW rules were for... The snake, could it be thrown on somebody? I mean, I don't yeah. know. It, it stayed in the bag that time, right?
3: It stayed in the bag that time, but uh, I think that snake would come out. I don't think. That, but, uh, man, he worked amazingly as the number two or three babyface in WWF for so many years, but here he's coming right in to be the head heel. Talk about what makes Jake so good, Arn, at portraying the personification of evil During his heel runs, can you explain to our audience how Jake successfully used all the elements at his disposal, including his promos, his entering action to really the Cobra to really just personify what evil looked like?
5: Well, facials, you know, his main thing is facials delivery of his promo. It reeks of evil. He doesn't go off on a wrestling promo. He takes you somewhere dark. You know, almost like a nightmare. You're living a, a real nightmare when he talks. It's it's just pure evil. It's not a wrestling promo. It's something else, and it's in a different realm. And he has that wild look. You know, and Jake's, you know, a tall guy. What is Jake, 6'5"? Cowboy uh, boots, put yeah. him up about 6'7". You know, he's not a tiny guy either. And he's just as... You know, his offense is all believable. It's all credible. He just has all those things going for him. And uh, it's it's a hell of a package. It really is.
3: I touched on it earlier, Arn, the uh, Watts... Uh, coming in X-Factor here. And I want to men- and talk about this for a minute because Jake had originally intended to work alongside Dusty and others inside the booking committee when he was first, when those plans were starting to be laid down as far as him coming into WCW. But that all changed drastically when Bill Watts came to WCW. And according to Jake Roberts, Watts refused to honor the contract that had been agreed upon and the friction from their days together in Mid-South turned into a five-alarm fire here in WCW from the get go, did you ever hear anything about what Jake's role was supposed to be, or how this interaction, his interaction with Watts, was at this point?
5: No, but I can see that Jake started in the business for Watts, mm-hmm. and but he made his name starting, like you said, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and soon thereafter would, would have been WWE, right? right? WWF at the time. Yep. So I don't know if he left Watts under unsavory terms or since he gave him a start. I mean, he started as a referee.
3: Yeah, that's right. He did.
5: You know, who knows You know how that conversation would have been, but I'm sure Watts would have looked at whatever contract they agreed on and said, oh, no, that's way too much. And, you know, when you screw somebody out of their money, they get a little pissed.
3: I'm I'm telling you, yeah. You know, you can do a lot of
5: things to me, but my money also impacts my family. And when you do that,
3: then it gets a little serious. And not only that, the money too, but if I'm Jake and I hear, Hey, you might be able to work with creative or booking. And, and we know we've come to find out how he enjoys that aspect of it. Uh, I would have not only the money, but that part would piss me off too to realize, shit, Watts is back. The cowboy's back. And now I'm not even going to have that opportunity to try to, kind of kind of get better with that piece of of what i you know it's just an opportunity for him to be able to work on and, and be in a place where maybe he would never have that opportunity elsewhere now he has it now door slam shut because bill's back
5: sucks. well there's nothing there's something to be said of being in control of your own destiny too yeah your own creative make That's sure right. that it's right it's the things that you want to do and that that suddenly goes away too
3: Arn, in the last segment, Jake put put on a snake handler's glove in preparation to unleash whatever was actually in that denim bag. And men, if it's been too long since your significant other needed safety equipment to handle your python, might we suggest you take a look at the only gimmick you need to make them squeal as though they saw King Cobra, and that's our pals, the Blue Chew. Blue Chew is giving men confidence all over the world. Isn't that right, aren't
5: yeah, but, uh, you know, in every case, you don't have to put your snake in a bag either. That's, just, that's a few gifted folks.
3: Arn, let me tell you something. Do you think it was going to be lost on me not to use this opportunity of all this snake talk to not figure out a way to transition this into a Bluetooth commercial?
5: I figured I might as well just join in this week because <laughs> there's no getting around it. It's your favorite part of the show.
3: It is, Isn't it? it is, it's a highlight just to kind of go through this and watch your face. Cause you never know where I'm going with it.
5: Now last week tape, didn't you, weren't you supposed to order me some more?
3: Yeah, they're supposed to, you know, you, you, you tell all the right people has anything arrived for you? No. Oh, wow. Not even while you were away in Vegas, nothing showed up to your front door.
5: Well, no. I, and there may be something, I think Aaron might've stopped the mail.
3: Okay. So maybe that's it.
5: Wait till we get the mail. Yeah,
3: and, and then let uh, me text me if you didn't get and anything. And Horseman
5: Shorts too, right?
3: Uh, yep, yep. I've I contacted. I've sent another email again yesterday about the Horseman Shorts. So
5: do they realize how much stroke I got on this podcast? Uh, to, these, th- these, th- people? Th-
3: th- these people don't reply to emails like you and I reply to emails. Aren't it's it's, it's not deal. good.
5: If they don't know, let me remind them. I'm a big right, deal on good. this. I'll
3: send the enforcer. Show. Yeah. I'm gonna start sending the enforcer. Guys, listen,
5: bite somebody's (laughs) finger off or something.
3: Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line, buddy. I saw in the YouTube comments for one of our shows. They finally signed up for for uh, Blue Chew and said, "Yes, we agree." The gimmick works. I'm going to find it, too, because they were all in. And uh, and my guy sent me a, 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 it was right here, the user name and everything. They said Blue Chew works, and uh, we're all here for it. Mr. Newman, 1576, finally took a Blue Chew thanks to this podcast. Let's just say they are highly effective. So how you like that, Arn?
5: You want to get over with your buddies? Spread the word, bud.
3: There you go. I love Spread it. Spread
5: the word because this is something that works for everybody every time.
3: So there you go. There you have it. Be like our guy, Mr. Newman1576. He knows where it's at, and he's got a happy uh, partner right now. Check it out, blue sh- uh, bluechew.com forward slash arm. There's no swallowing pills. They're chewable, and I'm telling you. You won't have to deal with that anxiety or performance issues. They're going to fix you as soon as you down them your gullet. BlueChew.com promo code ARN. Receive your first month free. That's right. Go to BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. And uh, we appreciate BlueChew for being a proud sponsor right here on the ARN Show. Check it out. BlueChew.com forward slash ARN. Arm, when I look back at Jake's uh, WCW run here in 1992, a mere four months. Remember, you said I know it was short lived. It was four months, dude. It seems short lived. Yeah, it's short lived. It seems that so much untapped uh, potential w- from this, from his entering skills to what he brought to the business, there's no denying his talent and that what he was capable of in front of the audience. And ironically, his attack on Sting laid the foundation for what would happen next in WCW. When Sting lost the world title at the Great American Bash, he was immediately slated for a rematch. Instead, Jake attacked Sting and injured him. So, in order to give the fans a world title match, it was decided that every wrestler would have their name thrown into a hat And the man whose name would drawn go on to face Vader for the world title. The man who won that drawing was who we all know as Ron Simmons. Ron had flirted with the top of the card for over a year and this would be his second opportunity at the world title. This time it's against Vader, and this time the All-American from Florida State would be successful, and we're going to revisit history together, pal. We're going to watch the first African-American win the world heavyweight title in the closing moments of this encounter. It's our second clip of the week. It's August 16th, episode of the main event. Here we go, Arn. Let's check it out.
0: Hooks the legs. He's got great power. He's underneath. one. He got two and a half. A half away from a new heavyweight champion. Simmons showed great power that time. Hooking both Fader's arms in a near-fall situation. Fader to the right. Hand right to the face. Another left this time. Again catching Simmons in the face. measures it. Oh what a what impact from that three like four. And the right hand's right to the head. Vader sends him in the Irish whip.
3: What a moment! This crowd has been electrified. I was just electrified watching that. What a pop! Mm, think, so they're re-
5: think those fans were ready for that?
3: <sighs> man, wow, they were ready to explode. What they exploded. a
5: reaction! No, you cannot deny that.
3: Simmons hits Vader with the power slam for the win, and paired with Jim Ross's call, man, I don't think that moment could have been more perfect, dude. No,
5: it was great, and and very deserving for runs. We were all so happy for him.
3: I'm sure the celebration continued on behind the scenes too. Arm, before we go any further, though, explain how big and how important this moment was for the first time—a black man was now world champion. And for you personally, how proud of you uh, of him were you, and how happy uh, that Simmons, you know, won this title?
5: Well, Ron, if you, if anybody knows Ron, he is a first-class gentleman. You know, he just is. He's just—he's funny. You know he's a he's a straight up guy. He's a straight shooter. He's you know a great businessman and just it's just a class act all the way around. And it was a huge moment, you know, for for Ron and and everybody in the business. You know, it just showed you that I think it was better for any ethnic group. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's Asian or African American or. Who it was, it was something that you see that, okay, that door is open. It's possible that one day I can be there, you know, any nationality, any race, you know, it, it was, it was Ron set the standard that now could be anybody. It can happen.
3: The, uh, we had a question from Dylan, Dylan come in and he said, how about the wrestlers you hung around with and worked with during this time? How did they react to Ron? Winning the title. So your buddies.
5: cross the board. Everybody loved it. Everybody thought it was. That's how well, you know, Ron was thought of. And he is thought of today. Very respected. Very, very respected. And, uh, I mean, you look at the guy, you see that power slam?
3: Oh, big time. It
5: was like he was power slamming a 200-pound guy. The whip on that. And it it was flawless. It was perfect. You know, and a guy that can manhandle Vader like that, you know. (laughs) should have something at the end of the rainbow for him i would think and you know i'm sure it it reset his his pay scale which would help him for the rest of his career and the fact that he was thought of by his employer helped him with his next employer you know if you're going to make this guy world champion he's got to have something so and ron went on to have a hell of a career
3: Listen for all the uh, the wrong uh, that we talk about. What we you know the decisions maybe that Watts made during his time as at WCW. This certainly was the right decision here, putting the belt on on Simmons, and uh, he was a believable baby face. He could match speed, he could match power, agility with Vader. He did not, you know, what we didn't see at the end of this clip. Dusty Rhodes embraces Ron as part of the celebration, which is how cool is that? Putting his stamp of approval on Ron as the new world champion. I mean, just just. It just—it was just such a cool time, such a cool moment.
5: Now, was Watts, was Watts still in charge at this point?
3: He, he was. He was. He's still, still running the show. And but and Arne, during his time as owner of Mid South Watts, he made a fortune uh, with the help, man you who helped J-Y-D, make you brother. That's Jyd, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Jyd was—he was as hot as anybody's ever been.
3: Do do you think that Watts and Dusty? Do you think they were hoping that Ron would have the same drawing power as the dog did during his apex of his run in Mid South?
5: I would hope that if you were the booker, you had anybody that would be as hot as Jyd was because you know it wasn't he wasn't the he was the Mid South champion, but he wasn't a world champion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it didn't matter. He was their champion. Yeah. And in Louisiana and that, that territory, Oklahoma and Mississippi and uh, you know, over to as far as Houston, all those, you know, whatever mid South was, the territory then engulfed, JYD was a megastar.
3: There's a you know, and we talk about it now, fans remember this, Ron went in the belt, but it's unfortunate that he just wasn't able to have a longer title run or that this was only, you know, his only world title run, you know?
5: Well, if you count the number of world champions and all the companies combined, if you really think about it and you sit down and write it down, the list of guys that weren't champion is a lot longer than the guys that were. It's a very select group. If you have to see it on paper to go, well, I mean, Roddy Popper was never world champion. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake Roberts, who we just
3: talked about. Yeah.
5: You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, yeah Kurt Henning was never the world champion A lot of guys deserving uh,
3: you know, I'll never, say it Orn Anderson
5: I like the sound of that
3: Yeah well That's but, true And we feel yeah, that way too
5: There was a There was a pretty good list
3: Yep we, uh, we had another question come in from Put It In Reverse Terry. We love Terry, and he's a big fan of this era. He said, we see this historic moment where Ron Simmons wins the world title here in August of 92. When did you first see Ron Simmons in a wrestling ring, and what was your first impression? Do you remember that first time you saw Lamar?
5: What it had to be with WCW, he had, I think he was trained by uh, Matsuda down in in Florida, right? Isn't that how that went? did he um, go through Matt Suda's school?
3: Let me double check because I want to make sure that I do get this right. Uh, it talks about his first appeared. Yeah, Tampa team future professional he, t- he was a teammate with Lex Luger in Tampa in football. Uh, he uh, but, 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 but doesn't really say who he was trained with. It just talks about him joining Jim Crockett Promotions in 86 and uh, wrestled only pre- preliminary level competition, and then on August 7th, he scored his first big victory, uh, defeating Ivan Koloff in St. Louis.
5: I want to say for sure it was, he went down trained with Matsuda.
3: Here it is, sure. trained by hero Matsuda. There you go, I found it. Yep.
5: Yeah, because I saw some footage that I think was, was about Luger's like the A and E thing,
3: especially yes. what they did on Luger. Yep, that's right.
5: Ron was one of the guys doing free squats. Okay. On one of those shots. So.
3: Yep, definitely trained by Matsuda, according to the profile here I found online, and uh and so is that the first time you would have you would have spotted when he, him
5: when he came to Crockett? Would have been okay. the first time I met him, and and then I started finding out about his history, it's because you know Flair was is a big sports buff. He he started telling me about this guy. Simmons, good Lord, Florida State, you know, incredible. Played for the for the Generals, New Jersey Generals or yeah. somebody, yeah. USFL. I mean, this guy is just 600-pound bencher. That's an well, elite group alone.
3: He was a beast, man. Yeah, oh. No doubt about it. I want to uh, move on from Roberts and Simmons, and I want to talk about you and what you were doing in August 1992. For the second time in your career, You traveled to Japan, and uh, 16 months earlier, you and Barry had teamed together during that tour, but this time around, uh, you work with a host of opponents, including stunning Steve Austin, and recently, this match made the rounds on Twitter, and it was indeed part of the NWA World Title Tournament. Following his departure from WCW in July 1991, Flair took the big gold belt with him, and a second world title was hastily made. And after a year of litigation and negotiation, the title was returned to WCW, and they are, I don't know if you remember, it christened it with the NWA name. The same title would become known as the International World Title in the same calendar year. And in the opening round, Austin pinned you in the middle of the ring following the stun gun. This would have been the first time you wrestled Stone Cold, or should I say, Stunning Steve, one-on-one. Arn, it's been 30 years, but uh, what did you think about working with someone who you had spent the past nine months teaming with? Were you excited to be able to help Austin showcase his talent and bring the best out of him?
5: No, it was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. The bigger story on this is we drank all the way
3: there you go. 13 That's what I wanted hours. To hear.
5: 13 hours we drank all the way to japan now 100 percent of the time you would have your flight over you had the rest of that day off and you would work the next night so we get our bags i mean we are tore up when we got went through narita airport and we get on the bus and Settle in, and we're going, hey, man, we got to go upstairs, get in that. They had a really good, ste- at the Keogh Plaza where they put us up, really good steam room, sauna, polar plunge, all that stuff that you need to get a 13-hour trip out of you. And they go, oh, no, we're not going to a hotel. We go straight to a building. We tape TV today. Tape TV? Yes, we go straight to television station. And we get there. If that wasn't bad enough, now If that wasn't bad enough, I mean, me and Austin are tore up. Yeah. And we get there, and we go and look at the sheet that's on the wall, and we're wrestling each other. And I get Hattori, who was the liaison, the referee, and— rode on the American's bus and spoke it perfect English and all that. And I said, Tori, it's got to be a mistake. We're partners at home on TV every week. No, make make good tournament. We had no motivation, no chemistry. I felt like dog shit. So did Austin. It was just horrible. Mm. And we went out, and I will take the credit." For I, I can't, well, I'll take the blame. This one, I had no babyface skills, number one. I was miserable, felt terrible, hung over.
3: So you remember this one as clear as day because yeah, how miserable you buddy. felt. I'll yeah. never forget this one. Okay. It
5: stunk. And Austin, there was one point in there, he started putting the boots to me, probably out of frustration. I said, by the way, up there, Hog, I called him Hog. Hog, so, hog, yeah. See, so you were stomping the guts out of a worm down here just about. Just so you know.
3: <laughs> Do I want to know where where the nickname Hog came from? He would walk
5: right up in a crowd of people and stand there like he was listening, and shit all over us, and then walk right off like it, like he was never there, and then we'd get a whiff of it.
3: Oh
5: no, okay, Hog. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. So listen, I mentioned you wrestled the whole, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're all over this Japanese tour, dude. And you oh, are, uh, listen, you're in front of large crowds. I mean, August 7th, you wrestled Black Cat in front of 11,000 people. August 11th, Tokyo, you and Austin defeated Godo and super strong machine. This one took place in front of 11,500. The following day, you're at sumo hall, another 11,500 people watch you super strong machine defeat you with a German suplex on the same show. Chono defeated Rick rude to become the NWA world heavyweight champion, igniting their feud that would uh run for several months so lots going on here man when you flew over there you were flying over to work your ass off that's for sure
5: i planned on that i just didn't plan yeah. on wrestling austin the first day
3: yeah well let's fast forward 30 years and aew by the way they've sold what sixty five thousand tickets for wembley no matches have been announced and the crowd is only expected to grow once the card shapes up Likewise, here in Japan, you performed in front of thousands of fans. Can you tell us why professional wrestling historically performs well in foreign markets, no matter the state of the business domestically? What drives the international fans to purchase tickets to events that American fans feel just comfortable skipping sometimes?
5: Because they don't have that option, that they never get live events. They have years, More spoiled. Yes. months, and years of television. Yep. And seeing character development, but never getting to see them live. And our product is best served live. Other it than is. television. If you want to see the best and have the best experience, come to a live event. It's completely different than television. It feels different.
3: Rock concert-like.
5: Yeah, it is different. It's, it's like, God, I didn't know it was going to be like this. This is cool as shit.
3: yeah. Energy's completely different. Yeah, you don't hear the commentators. Yeah, your fridge is close and the bathroom's closer. I get all that, but when you're in an arena and the pyro's going off, the music hits and the energy of that crowd is behind it. And it's gotta be a hot crowd too. Uh, there's nothing like it, Arn.
5: Oh, I know. I know. I still I still feel the same way. It's like you go through the curtain, if you get that first reaction and you look, you know, which I can I can barely see anything without my glasses, but I can make out the fact that everybody in that top deck standing. standing, yeah. and they're doing something, they're not in their seats, then you know
1: it's going to be a good night. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while
3: certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget
1: that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.
2: Hey, guys. Eric Bischoff here. And just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about What I've been telling everybody at over at 83 weeks, quite a while now, about all the cool things that are happening over at AdFreeShows.com. Through strength, support and faith, one half of TNA's America's Most Wanted
1: Chris Harris has persevered and wrestling is still a big part of his life. And on a brand new series, The False Finish, Chris Harris tells us the story of his amazing journey in his own words.
2: I was thinking to myself then when that came about, you know, it's hard going through what I went through and not think, you know, would that have happened had I not had a sober head? I mean, or, or you know, I have I have God looking out for me. You know, would something like that have happened in any other circumstances? Because Scott Demore, I mean, I kept in touch with him. He knew about it all, so, and he was so proud of me for doing it, so maybe that had a little piece of, of it. To, maybe that's why the opportunity was there, but um, just a lot of really great things have happened in the past uh, couple years, And. Um, I'm just so thankful and I'm grateful for for being in the place I am now. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why AdFree Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at AdFreeShows.com.
3: Arn, let's face it, such a stressful and taxing couple of days played hell on the body. There's no way that your body was performing at peak performance back in your heyday. Today, with our crazy schedules, you and I both benefit from AG1. Arn, just one scoop, and it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improved focus. What's not to like? This is a slam dunk, and better yet you're going to sleep better and recover better. It costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 plus five-star reviews. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's so simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com forward slash ARN. Again, that's drinkag1.com forward slash ARN to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Our buddy uh, Brian Haremzo wants to know what it was like to tour in Japan. Did you have to adjust or get used to anything different working in front of the Japanese crowds?
5: Everything was different. Uh, once you left Tokyo, they would now there were three week tours, and you would they would spoil you. They would leave you in Tokyo the first oh eight or nine days, something like that seven days and the hotels were very close to being i mean you had a buffet for breakfast you had that that room upstairs now keep in mind they would they would serve you beer up there and everything else in that sauna steam polar plunge area
3: okay full so, service deal
5: top shelf hotel but then you would go to the little towns and everything closed at like eight o'clock at night you would be in these little buildings. If it was winter time, it would be freezing. Summertime, no air conditioning, hot as hell. But when you came out of there, there was, unless you made some arrangements, there was no food. You would get back to your hotel. There was these little bitty. The hotel rooms were about the size of a normal bathroom in most houses.
3: My goodness. You,
5: yeah, you had a single bed. At the foot of it was a little TV that just had Japanese. You were lucky if you had one channel of CNN. And your bags, the it was so narrow when you walked in the door. The bathroom was right there on the right, and it was just, it wasn't even really like a, it was no tub or anything. It was like a shower with one of those, you know, handles. with
3: Handheld the, devices. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. And, uh... We would have to put our bags, because you had to have big bags for three weeks. You know? Oh, yeah. You had to put them out in the hall, God. because you couldn't fit them in the room. And now and now you know what I want you all to picture?
3: Andre traveling like that. Give well, me a break.
5: Even in the biggest room that they had, it was still not going to accommodate the giant. <sighs> a, yeah, like, I mean, a king-size bed was not long enough for the giant. Hmm. Mm-mm. And uh, yeah, imagine what he went through—the horror that he went through. But you know, not having any food, and it didn't take but oh, no, about a you, day dude. to day to figure that out. We would send somebody. This is before
3: out. DoorDash.
5: <laughs> yeah, buddy. No room service. No <laughs> hotel restaurant open. Not at, not past eight o'clock. Ugh. Oh. And uh, it was it was the shits i'm telling you
3: it sounds
5: like it. well i mean we we started figuring we figured out early we would send give a guy some money and say hey go get us a case of piece of beer you know Simmons, myself you know several guys were on the tour um
3: what'd you do for food you just my, pre, pre-bought
5: we would send them out to get like subway sandwiches okay um, it wasn't subway but a place something a sandwich,
3: similar sandwich to that. shop yeah
5: Cause after you drank a case of beer and played cards till, t- till two or three in the morning, you was hungry before you went to bed, cause you hadn't ate since probably three the day, the previous day.
3: Yeah, sure.
5: You know, you would eat a meal, and then you had to have digestion time before the show, and it was
3: uh it was difficult. A d- 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 completely different way of traveling, performing. No, you let-
5: i was a usa paper guy i like to read the usa paper every day usa today maybe one cnn channel maybe the food issue the beverage issue plus the fact that you were sleeping at a twin bed
3: (sighs) no thank you man
5: so that would run for 10 days so now you had like 17 days in and then you would it was like a it was like a work they would They would condition you to be out in these small towns, and, man, you were roughing it, and it was the shits. And We'd have to go to the building and work out. They had dumbbells and a bench press, and that was about it. You would have to just use that because to try to get a cab in those small towns, there was no real gyms there, not big ones or nice ones. So you just had to make do. So you couldn't train. You didn't have enough equipment. That was another thing wrong. It was terrible. Uh, I did not enjoy the experience.
3: Now they have guys going over to Saudi Arabia drinking, you know, wine out of gold vessels. And it's just like, you know, the the complete opposite experience.
5: Well, and the worst part of it was I knew that if if I wasn't there suffering like this, I would have probably been home. And other than a couple of TVs, I would have been off all that time. That plays on your mind,
3: too. Sure. You know what I
5: mean? A lot of guys crack up on those three-week tours, and they just go home.
3: Oh, I bet. I I can see it wearing on them mentally. But, hey, listen, thanks to uh, syndication, even though you're on your way to Japan in in the U.S., you and Bobby are back to business as usual on TV. So we're seeing you guys on TV. You guys are in the ring. You're once again, managed by Paul Lee, uh, as members of the dangerous Alliance and as, uh, if the events of the past month and have, have never even took taken place. So while the match we're about to watch is an enhancement match, it serves in some way to finally reset the creative with the audience. And Jesse and JR here are going to fill in the blanks with their commentary. So let's check it out. This is for August 8th, 1992. It's a squash match with you and Bobby Arn, but it helps kind of reset the creative with what's going on with the two of you. This is August 8th,
4: 1992. Ladies and gentlemen, the following tag team bout... It is set for one fall. Introducing team number one, accompanied by the Chief Executive Officer of the Dangerous Alliance, Paul E. Dangerously. First from Huntsville, Alabama, 233 pounds. Beautiful Bobby. His tag team partner from Minnesota, 248 pounds. The enforcer, Arn Anderson and their opponents. Total combined weight, 449 pounds. Knoxville, Tennessee, Larry Santo. And from Rock City, USA, Scott Allen.
1: Well, we've already seen indication of how WCW officials are handling things now in World Championship Wrestling. With that reversal of a decision and Dustin Rhodes getting the win, now we're gonna take a look at Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby in tag team action. Been a lot of talk about a business deal with Paulie Dangerously. And Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Doc and Gordy, we understand, are on their way to Japan defending those World Tag Team Championships. And in the interim, Paul says that his two men, Arn and Bobby, will take care of the Steiner brothers.
2: Well, that's a very interesting concept. You know, you can never deny Paul dangerously the fact that he's always thinking. He's always got a motive behind what he wants to do. And Paul Lee sending Arn Anderson, the enforcer, and beautiful Bobby, and it's virtually guaranteed, Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, that by the time they get back from Japan, there will be no more Steiners on their tail. You really think that? I think it's a possibility. I'm not saying it will happen, but it's definitely a possibility. There's no question Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby, are the ultimate
1: ring strategists. maybe have the greatest tag team ring strategy of any team ever in WCW, former world tag team champion. Scott Allen, Arn Anderson with a good go-behind takedown, and now rubbing the head right to the mat as we take a look at Paul Lee as well. Well, you know what I love
2: about Arn Anderson? Arn Anderson has that certain just little mean streak in him. When he gets an opponent down, he gives him that little bit of extra, that little intimidation factor right there, rubbing his face into the mat. He loves to intimidate. Fans
1: still come, exclusive footage of how Ron Simmons became World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, big clothesline. That's right here later on on Worldwide. Jim Ross will be with us with that exclusive report. And also, Jake the Snake Roberts is a part of World Championship Wrestling. Apparently,
2: we'll take a look at how he came in. And attack Sting brutally recently. Oh. Triumphant entry into WCW by Jake the Snake. And now on Anderson and Beautiful Bobby. Focused on the Steiners now. Off of the
1: business deal with Paul E. Pick up and the spine buster. The cover. And the win. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners
4: of the match. The dangerous alliance of Beautiful Bobby and the
1: enforcer. On. When it
2: comes to tag team wrestling, Arn and Bobby are all business. Absolutely, they're all business. Let's go back to replay. Here you see beautiful Bobby with the great setup move right here. Takes him up on his shoulder. Wham! Falls back with him. Sets him up for his partner, Arn Anderson, who catches him. Hooks him in deep. Takes him around with a spine buster. Drives him into that canvas. And a very easy, easy win for the Dane.
3: All right, Arne. So we know that you two now are focused on the Steiners, right? That's the key. They've reset the creative here as far as that goes. And uh, speaking of that, they, we can, I'm going to go right into our next clip because on the August 8th edition of World Championship Wrestling, you and Bobby would then team up again to take on Brian Pillman and your former uh, stablemate, the living legend, Larry Zabisco. And JR, he's going to continue that same thread that was sewed in the last match that we watched, talking about how you and Bobby are in pursuit of Gordy and Williams and the tag titles, sending a message to the Steiner um, and we have the closing moments of that one. And uh, listen, you and Bobby get a measure of revenge on your old pal Larry here. And so we're going to talk about that once we check this out. Uh, this is our fourth clip of the week. It's World Championship Wrestling, August 8,
0: 1992. Arn Anderson comes back in. Fans, we're going to be taking a commercial break in a couple of minutes. We've got to fulfill our... Commercial commitments here on TBS. Fireman carry right back into the corner, into that arm bar, twisting now on the elbow, putting great pressure on the shoulder. And well, dangerously, May up. Uh, they trying to show Williams and Gordy just how bad Anderson and Eaton can really be, and the Steiners better beware of this situation. Plus they're getting some revenge on Larry Zabisco. Pillman really getting emotionally involved in this and rightfully so, quite frankly. But he's gotta be there in his corner in case Zabisco can be there to make the tag. Slam, vintage Minnesota wrecking crew if you will. Hammerlock into the body slam. Anderson continuing to pull on that left arm. Fans, as we mentioned, good move by Larry up into the headlock, but Anderson makes a tag. Fans, we've got to take a commercial break. We will keep taping this contest. If anything happens during the commercial break, we'll show it to you as soon as we come back. I think we're ready for our break. Fans, we'll be back for more of this contest. Right after this, timeout. Don't you go away.
3: We won't. We have it spliced together. We're good.
0: Well, fans, it's really gotten chaotic here at center stage during the commercial break. Arne Anderson and beautiful Bobby really did a number on Larry the Crutch of Zabisco. It looks as if Zabisco has suffered a broken arm. Uh, as we said before we went to the, the, the commercial break, fans, that we would keep the cameras running. Our tape machines are have documented what has happened during our timeout. Let's go now back and show you what has happened just a few moments ago right here at center stage. Anderson and Eaton continue to work on the arm. Zabisco's arm very, very weakened. More arm bar takedowns. And then the tag was made. Remember the off the top rope rule had been waived. And this was a move that apparently has broken the arm of Larry the Cruncher Zabisco. Zabisco couldn't take any more punishment. The referee has stopped it here. Ladies and gentlemen, here are your winners on Anderson and beautiful Bobby.
3: There it is. You guys have destroyed Larry Zabisco. It's one of the last matches of Larry's career. He's going to move into commentary on uh, only to wrestle sporadically over the next several years. And we do have a ton of fun with Larry on this show. And so many of our fans want him to be a guest at some point uh, for you guys to hear some stories. But you worked with Larry as both partner and opponent. What do you want to say about the man and the career he had? Uh, Larry was
5: good. He's a good worker good talker. uh, You know, kept himself in shape. I I rib him all the time.
3: Oh, it's the best. We love it.
5: You know, he was, uh, he was very successful in everything he did. And he would do really, really well coming up, doing the commentary, which I think he enjoyed because he was at a point in his career. When we saw this clip, he had about had enough, you know, Larry had been for quite a, quite a while. And he was, ready to quit beating his body up, I think. So it was a good fit for him to go into the announce booth.
3: He made the transition very smooth. We enjoyed him on commentary. He got to still stay linked to the business, which I'm sure he loved. Uh, but he was fun. He was a fun listen. He was always a good Mike guy. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Uh, but you guys would move on. And on the August 15th episode of Worldwide, you and Bobby wrestled Marcus Bagwell, who, by the way, was just on ad-free shows. There was a Zoom with him and Eric Bischoff. Uh, but you guys wrestled Marcus and Flying Brian. And we have uh, a few minutes of that match uh, that we're going to take a look at as we start to wrap up this week's episode. This is from Worldwide as we talk about August fifteenth, 1992. It comes down to money, Jeffy the body, Ventura. Absolutely, it comes down to money and Paulie dangerously. Doing a lot of stuff that very much, I think,
2: infuriates WCW officials. Dangerously always getting involved. And look at Fly and fighting his way out of the corner. Going after both men. Here comes Bagwell. We've got all four. And the action's rocking early on. And an excellent move. Beautiful Bobby firing and Brian, Brian in. There was Arne waiting with a big elbow from outside the ring. Hits Pillman in the back of the neck. And the enforcers in taking over. But here comes Brian Brian with a series of forearms. Look at that drop to a hole right in the corner. Get Brian pinned right to the
1: corner. Bobby comes in, but Brian's still fighting from beneath now.
2: But you notice, inexperience, he's caught in the wrong corner.
1: Sometimes even the experienced ones get caught in the corner against Arn and Bobby. That's right. But the inexperienced even more. Yeah, you're right. We're saying,
2: I keep saying you're right. I better watch myself. There's a pickup and a slam. And a knee right to the face. We have been getting along too good lately. Yeah, boy, I'll lucky. have to see what I can do about that. Whoa! It-
3: Shivani says that now all the time. You're right. You're right. So, he's he's going. <laughs> Here we go.
2: Timing by
1: Beautiful that now, he's got to get to his to B-
3: That was, man. He could lay him in, couldn't he?
5: Yeah, and coming up, that was, the timing on that was flawless.
1: Bagwell. Down goes Bobby. Arms dangling around. Bobby goes down on the flat. He's got his back to Iron
2: Anderson. Oh, good quickness that time. Well, I'll tell you what, Bagwell no longer a rookie. Whoa. Get the veteran Aaron Anderson out of the way. I was going to say, Bagwell no longer a rookie anymore. Then he makes a rookie mistake. Referee's back turned, and now right into the ring post. That could have been a disqualification. Could have, should have, but wasn't. To the arm, now Anderson.
1: As they took that arm right up against the ring post, the referee's back had been turned, and now working on the arm of Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and this is exactly, I'm sure, what they'll attempt to do to the Steiners. To take away one body part of either Scott or Rick and you know Scott's leg is probably not hundred percent after what happened to Doc and Gordon
2: certainly it's not look what the, the enforcer did right there he puts the hammer lock on Bagwell then slams him with the arm twisted around the back so that the arm's taking the brunt of the force beautiful Bobby comes in drops a couple knees a quick tag again and they're cutting the ring off beautifully and they work right on the arm again so much has been said and written I'll you Bagwell's begging to be back with the cheerleaders at Sprayberry right now.
1: And I bet he's not as they go to the arm once again. We've had a lot, we've had a very busy week in WCW. A lot of the fans intrigued about what is going on. Ron Simmons, the new world champion, he'll be coming up. A little bit later on and we'll show you again how jake the snake roberts attacked
2: the stinger in a wild situation but we gotta add it was a match that didn't involve sting in the first place either uh, did not and did not involve cactus jack
1: i should say there's a tag but that is still to come let this week on worldwide
2: and they go right to the arm one more time and look how they cut the ring off on bagwell He's trying to fight his way out of there, but he ain't got much left right now. And look at an Arn breaks the arm over the rope, hammers those big forearms in there. Experienced tag team wrestling at its finest. He's come up
1: with the name of the enforcer, and certainly that applies, but also can be called as the master strategist of WCW. Arn Anderson and Bobby. Oh. Tag. And Arn Anderson going after the arm again. You know, it would be like Doc and Gordy to try to send Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby, towards the Steiners to make Arn and Bobby forget about the World Tag Team title, titles
2: they held not too long ago. Hey, don't forget something, though. There's plenty of things can happen in World Championship Wrestling, Shivani. Let's just say what if Arn and Bobby get rid of the Steiners doesn't that logically make them number one contenders then yeah. so what a match that'd be
1: pulling on the arm and he got the submission
4: hope ladies and gentlemen both winners of the match as the result of a submission the dangerous alliance of the enforcer on
3: Arn, I'm really enjoying the style of let's work on that arm. You know, that's always been your method, a body part. But then that finisher with Bobby flying off the top in the arm and then right into the arm bar, uh, it just seems a lot more aggressive, a lot more violent. And uh, I think Tony Schiavone and, and Jesse in the last several clips are really doing a nice job of, of really helping bring you to the forefront in in terms of, hey, we're here for the Steiners and Doc and, and, and Bam Bam.
5: Well, i um that's the reason we're working stronger with him and Brian. You know, we had to take more because if we can barely beat those two guys, that's right. What the hell are we gonna do with the Steiners and Doc and Gordy? We don't have a chance. So that was the time we had to take some for ourselves for business reasons.
3: Level up, get a little more violent. Final clip of the week, on August 22nd, 1992. Uh, this is you and Paul Lee in, in a, a stand up interview from August 22nd from Worldwide, 1992. You and Bobby are mercenaries, and the Steiners are in your sights. Let's take a look.
2: We've got Bam Bam come to the Dangerous Alliance. They say, We have a thorn in our side, the Steiner Brothers. The Steiner Brothers want to be the next World Tag Team Champions again. The Steiner Brothers who stole the World Tag Team titles from Arn Anderson and Beautiful Bobby. The Steiner Brothers who never gave Arn Anderson and Beautiful Bobby a rematch for the World Tag Team titles. Arn Anderson and Beautiful Bobby say, well, hey, then we should be the number one contenders and the Steiner Brothers are in our way. So let's kill two birds with one stone. We will take the many Japanese yen that Doc and Gordy give to us to eliminate the Steiner Brothers so that when you come back from Japan, gentlemen, the only competition that you will have left We'll be on anderson and bobby eaton for
5: the first time in a professional sporting event the participants are in a non-lose situation you see we get paid for wrestling the steiners then we get paid by doc and gordy then number three we get to put ourselves in a position steiners that you wouldn't allow us to be in at an earlier date we get to jump on you for what you took from us So for the very first time, everything is in our court, not in yours. There is no bias in the corner of the Steiners. Understand one thing, Rick and Scott Steiner. The bluff that you've had over this wrestling world is gone. Bob Eaton and myself have woke up to one thing. You got to go back to basics. Go back to relying on your wrestling knowledge and put a little controlled rage in it. That's what win matches. And gentlemen, we're going to win this match because we can't lose.
3: There it is. That's the title of this week's show on Rely on Your Wrestling Knowledge. And as I said, uh, that concludes uh, where we are for this month in terms of the story's clear. You're mercenaries. You're going after the Steiner brothers. Doc and Gordy have kind of put a bounty on their head, and you two are, are dialed in and uh, are going to take them down. Man, this was an exciting week.
5: I don't mind getting a double payoff.
3: Yeah. There you go. Don't bother me none. Have hey, you noticed? This, have yeah. you noticed
5: in these these that latest clip? What good shape Bobby was in?
3: Yes, both of you were.
5: It started being going to. we were traveling together. He was going to the gym. I finally got him to start going to the gym with me, and uh, got in good shape. Really did. Proud of
3: him. Uh, that's good, man. And it, I just enjoy you being able to see your period of time that you worked with Bobby as a tag team. I'm sure it brings back a lot of good memories for your time spent with him. Very special. Very special. Well, the story here is basic, simple, familiar, but when executed in this way, it's effective. And uh, Arne and Bobby are coming for the Steiners, and I can't wait to pick it up with September 1992. That's going to conclude our coverage of August 92. Jake Roberts joins the company. Ron Simmons wins the world title. You travel to Japan. You're back on TV in a meaningful program involving the Steiners and Doc and Gordy. What a month, Arn. Next week, we're calling a timeout and uh, we're going back to Ask Arn Almost Anything. And because you love hypotheticals, Arn, the crew is getting in on an act as we introduce a new segment thanks to the D'Angelo brothers called Would You Rather? Arn, have you ever played a little Would You Rather before? Have you done that?
5: I'm probably not familiar <laughs> with that.
3: You're going to be familiar. We're going to have fun, buddy. To I To my tell you.
5: demise, I'm sure. Oh,
3: it's going to be an absolute blast. We're going to have a good time doing that. So you want to make sure you, stick, you, you check out that episode. Listen, check us out, ArnLinks.com. That's the easiest way to find everything associated with the Arn Show. You're going to find the stores. You can find our YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn on all the notifications there. Arnlinks.com. Again, that's where you're going to find that Horseman store as well as the Arn Show store and if your business targets 25 to 54 year old men no better place than to check it out now advertise with arn.com find out more about advertising with us right here on the arn show we would love to uh, to talk about your product or service right here on the show once again advertise with arn.com and then i want to mention before we get out of here ad free shows arn and i love our ad free show family check it out adfreeshows.com you get early access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts starting at just $9 a month and you get the first week completely free on us so check it out adfreeshows.com Arn had a blast talking about your career again this week with you you ready to do it again we're going to have another one next week ask Arn anything you ready for that you're the man All right. well listen on behalf of the Hall of Famer the founder the mentor Arn Anderson this is Paul Bromwell we hope you have a great Father's Day weekend all you fathers out there and we'll see you right back here next weekend on ARN. Hey
1: everybody, this is Ian Riccaboni, the voice of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Say with Conrad, they were very appreciative of my time and they really worked with my schedule. The Conrad's team uh, met me at the hours that I needed to meet them to walk through the specifics. Uh, the paperwork was clear, the communication was clear to make the decision super easy to work with. So we actually went from a 30-year mortgage, we refinanced down to a 15-year mortgage. And now our house is gonna be paid by the time the kids go to college. If you wanna save like I did and like Nick Aldis did and so many others uh, in the professional wrestling world, please go to SaveWithConrad.com.
3: NMLS number 65084, equal healthy lender, woo!
1: At
0: SaveWithConrad.com.
1: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together,